Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. I love cameras and I see Corey of Orchant. Of course, I'm with ESPN. And this hour is brought to you by our friends at Register Sausages. And uh, Ira, you sent me from Ben uh, some goodness here. I'm reading through all this. They're launching the ultimate dad box for Christmas, which right off the bat is a great, great promo name, guys. <laughs> Go ahead, keep what? reading. It, it's what's, for every. What's wrong with that? Anyway, <laughs> this show—it's uh, for everyone who has no clue what to get their dad or the dude in their life, because most dads, dudes, don't want anything because they already bought the stuff they wanted, which is true. My wife every year is like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "I bought everything I wanted when I wanted it. I'm not waiting around." Yeah. So I was, who's got that kind of time? Yeah. So right, yeah, literally, the only thing I could think of right now is a tennis because they've been grilling me, and the only thing I could think of is a tennis racket because my, you know, Corey, you can tell Jeff my game has stepped up to that level. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah you right. need a better racket. I need a better racket, but um, now that I'm seeing the the dad box, I don't know. I may have to. Uh, may well, have tell to send him, hey, Jeff, direction. tell him what it is. It's a five pound. Well, it comes with a lot of things, Corey. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it comes with a five pound sampler. Um, so let's see, you get one pack that's mild, one's baby link sausages, then there's the hot sausage, there's the uh, jalapeno cheddar, and then everybody's favorite, ready, one, two, three, go ahead. The andouille, andouille. which andouille. you yeah, can right. actually get it. This, one, this is maybe the only way to guarantee you're actually going to get the andouille, is yeah, by buying I, the dad box. Yeah, the, the, that is a sought-after commodity there. Uh, also, you get uh, twisted crystal lead-free whiskey glass, doesn't suck. 
Hey, we could all use a whiskey glass. You get a uh, bourbon whiskey ball ice mold. So basically, you know, you get that ball that you put in there in that whiskey glass and you sip on your whiskey, you're good to go. You get the uh, whiskey journal for notes from all the drinks you try so you can learn what you're tasting. And then uh, you get a registers, an actual registers grill apron. That's it's only awesome. $64.99. $64. No, Great it's not. Shit. I figured it had to be like 200 bucks. $64.99. This is a $399 value. <laughs> if you act right now <laughs> and go to registermeats.com, it has to be right now if you're listening right now, to this. Yeah. It, may, it may be too late. Hurry up. Stop what you're doing. Go to registermeats.com. You can get it for just $64.99. It's known as the Jeff Cameron Special. Excuse me. There. You uh, let them know Jeff Cameron uh, sent you. No, 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 and no, registers no. will be very excited. It's uh, also <laughs> free shipping. And, I said uh, that. I said that. I, I don't think you did, but I do he want to get the. Uh, no, he didn't. Definitely didn't say that. I, I did you were too. busy. You were busy pimping yourself. Check the tape. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, the other thing is, um, it's yeah, it's got to be limited supplies. He didn't put that uh, put that on. But it has to be limited supplies. There's yeah, no way we really can supply yeah. everybody with these aprons. I want the apron. So we're excited. Thanks uh, to Ben, the sausage guy. Yeah, uh, it's registermeats.com. Go pick up that thing and tell them Jeff Cameron sent you. Okay, so now here we go, boys. Uh, we It's football week. It's FSU Duke hate week. It's time to get it on. <laughs> yep. Here we go. Get you some dead fish, bitch. It's time to go. I'm pumped for this game. Is it no, a cat? Is, is, it, is it the first? Is it the first ever FSU Duke Cat Five? You know, I hadn't thought about it, Ira. It's a four o'clock kickoff, so I don't normally issue a Cat Five for a four o'clock kickoff game against Duke <laughs> in December. Um, but but this could be a first on a lot of levels, just as 2020 has been. And speaking of first, Florida State has never lost to Duke. And you know, listen. I, I heard you, Corey. I, this is this is true story. I don't normally. I just don't get the opportunity. It's not because I know. Uh, it's not because it's not great. I just don't get the opportunity. Kind of like you in the afternoons. I don't get right. the opportunity to listen to Wake Up War Chant. I just don't hear it. I never hear it. Right. And the other day, I thought, you know what? I wonder what Corey is saying about this game against Duke. And I oh. clicked on Monday. I clicked on Monday's show, yesterday's show, I guess it was. And I heard Aslan say something that I completely agreed with. And Aslan and I never agree. And I absolutely agreed with him on this. I shouldn't say never. I love Aslan. It's just that normally he's so in bed with Jimbo Fisher, it's hard to get past <laughs> the thing. So I was listening, and he said, look, man, that may be an unforgivable sin if Mike Norvell were to lose to Duke. And I yelled out as I was listening, you're right, Aslan. That is an unforgivable sin. So I'm with you. I don't know if you feel that way, but I have forgiven all that has happened from now, from the beginning of this year to now, the Georgia Tech incomprehensible loss, the blowouts every single week, all of it. I have forgiven all of it. I don't know that I'll get past Duke, given the way that Duke has played. They yeah. are disinterested. They have no desire to be there. That looked like a uh, an exhibition game of some sort last week against Miami. The linebackers didn't care to shed blocks, much like us during the regular season. Duke doesn't want to play the game. Deadfish told everybody that. This ought to be a win for the Knowles. I will be very concerned if they come out and look as bad as they've looked these last four weeks 
I guess, well, it's six weeks. I don't know. However long it's been since they last played. <laughs> so yeah. three years. Yeah, I'll be very concerned then. Yeah, yes, it would be a bad. They're only uh, they're only favored by three, though. Well, so it's, it's not like. It's a warm-up story. Think don't it, get me think, wrong. I think it opened at three. It might have moved up to four and a half or five. There's oh, some, okay. Some action it's on the horizon. North. Yeah. Now, that, it would not be a great look, granted. Uh, yeah, ju- they just lost. Bad looks, this would be a really bad look. You, they just lost to Miami 48 to nothing. The week before, they gave up, what did they give up, 55 to Georgia Tech? To Georgia Tech? Yeah, so they've given up over 100 points the last two weeks. That's what I'm more concerned about. Can this offense do anything against anyone anymore? Like, I think it will because Jordan Travis should theoretically be healthy. But I do want to, like, put up 40 on someone. We're not asking you to put up 60. We're not asking you to put up uh, 55. Just put up 40, and that should be good enough to win the game. I just looked. In one sports book, it's up to five and a half. So you're now – a five-and-a-half-point favorite against a team that just lost by 48 points. I will say this, though. It's the first time they've been favored since Jacksonville State. So okay. so there's some good signs there. The other thing is we've been – the big topic for the last, I don't know, six weeks has been – or maybe two years – has been like what would what is rock bottom? What would rock – if you lost to Duke? The way Duke yes. is – because yes. this, isn't, this isn't just seeing the streak end. No. This is the streak ending to the worst. Hey, Duke, that's this a, is the worst – Cutcliffe Duke team. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, they're they're awful. They're the worst. They're the worst team in the league. Besides, maybe I guess this is that battle to see who's the worst well, team in the I league. Think, I think I know Syracuse has played a little bit more yeah. games lately. Syracuse pretty well on that list of teams. Yeah. Yeah, but, but they competed. They were in the game against Notre Dame. That would be a good tournament. But Notre Dame, Wake, Duke, and the Knowles getting it on. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that uh, I do think that they're going to play well. And I think they're going to be motivated. And I think, look, if they're not, you know, after what the way the coaches have talked for the last two weeks, yeah, now man. I know they're depleted. I know they're depleted. And I know they're missing a lot of guys on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense. And that's really the only side of the ball that's been anywhere decent all season. And you lost your probably two, your two best defensive players. But having said that, the, as excited as they sound about the effort and the energy and enthusiasm of practice, if they come out and look bad and get, beat by that Duke team, that is, by definition, rock bottom. I mean, now, maybe, I was say, maybe, they, maybe they need a deep, cleans, Corey, a deep cleanse, Corey. It could maybe be. This, this is a cleansing, maybe. But if – let's say they, they play well enough to beat Duke 40-31. to 31, or I just don't expect the defense to do anything because it's the defense. But they might outscore them and win. And then Wake Forest, it's a close game. They win or lose. And then next year they're 6-6. Six and six, And then the, you're on the rise. Yeah, you're on the roller coaster. Ride, ride, baby. What would you guys define as rock bottom? If you all if – so th- looking like back. We've, we've experienced already. Let's say that. What do you guys looking back think was rock bottom? I would say Louisville. That would probably be mine. I, I mean, I would. I, I think me personally, just because of my reaction to it, it must have been the pit game because I lost my mind there after that game. Well, that was a bridge too far for you. Yeah, you, you, you were just done at that point. You really pit, couldn't handle it. Pit at home might have been it, but the one thing I'd say there is at least they they have a good quarterback. I mean, that really kid's a good college quarterback. Yeah. The kid at Louisville, come on, man. Oh, that kid at Louisville's terrible. What are we doing? Yeah. He played terrible prior to our game, too. Um, no, I, Pitt has real defensive linemen. They have a good college quarterback. I, I, I can live with what happened against Pitt. 
that that was the culmination of your frustration, Corey. It wasn't the singular game that pissed you off. You had just reached a breaking point. I was surprised, frankly, given the schedule, that you didn't reach it right after the Louisville game. Well, that was uh, that's I was, was bubbling just under yeah, the surface, was, just under the surface, right? Yeah, yeah. And Pitt just lit a match or something, and I uh, just uh, exploded. But yeah, that was the Louisville just, game. Looking back, is by far the worst effort of the coming off North Carolina. Yeah. To look that bad to the defense just to not compete Criminal. and to give up. I mean, that was disgusting. So that that to me is still the low point of the season. Um uh and then they got I mean, but good grief, man. There's been so many of them. It must have been that win though for Scott Satterfield that made him such a hot commodity that he's yeah. out uh, out auditioning for other jobs with his three wins this season. Don't you love when coaches are asked questions that require a small measure of thought? And how how often they fail those those tests? Those they're not even strenuous tests; they're just just little pokes, little little queries. Yeah. You know, just kind of see where your head's at. And invariably, they fail demonstrably. It's unbelievable. What was awesome about it was you could tell he had rehearsed what he was going to say. Like he knew, and and talking to himself in the mirror or in the car on his way to work. Like, all right, this is going to work. If they and, ask about. This I'll say this that'll work that'll work. And, for sure. and then as he's talking, like midway through it, that stuff about well, the players, you know, they're here yeah. for three or four years, and you know, we've got I, wives, I and we've got families. You, you could tell he could like in his mind, he's oh, this is not working at all. Yeah, this didn't sound at all like it sounded when I was in the car, which is crazy too, because usually you can feel like a conversation yeah. going out of control in yeah. a room with other people, like you yeah. see their reactions. He's on a Zoom call. And he knows, oh God, this is this. I, I'm getting a read on the Zoom. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling some backlash here on a Zoom call. Yeah, I'll, let me say something. You guys know from just broadcasting over the years, you do enough of it. There's a tacit understanding of what works and what doesn't. When it's going well, you can feel it. You don't need the audience's approval. You feel like you're on a roll. There's a rhythm with you and the person you're talking to. Even if like you're just you with the registers, you with the registers read earlier. Right, right. You just, know, <laughs> just, just so good. Yeah. And so as we're going along, you know, you know it. And then other times in the middle of a segment, your brain's like, we need to hit the eject button. This is not <laughs> going well. You have not made the point you were seeking to make. In fact, you've offended everybody. There's a good chance you're going to lose your job if we continue down this path. It's time to go to break, you know, or this is, take a like uh, one yeah. or two, uh, one, or, one or two Mondays a month on Jeff show, Corey, when, yeah, I, when I come on. All of a sudden you're like, oh, man. I guess I didn't think that through. <laughs> so it hit you. And that was him yesterday. But it also seemed like a man who was fighting to get fired. Like What's, he wants out. It's a cry for help. It is bizarre, isn't it? It's yeah. bizarre. Yeah, the it? whole thing. The, the, AD's, the AD's statement saying they're rightfully upset. And I'm not, I wasn't exactly happy to hear that my coach interviewed at another job at another school, especially South Carolina. Yeah, like South Carolina's not any better than Louisville. What are you doing, dude? You've got the better job. Ridiculous. Get out of the conference then if you don't want to be here. Well, I'm I'm fine with that too. Although there's always the chance that they could go hire somebody who's actually good. And we thought Satterfield would be good. He had things going in the right direction, and then that happened. You know, was one good my, on one Saturday about a month ago, his yep. team was good. One of my favorite schadenfreude things to do and i'm sure i butchered that but one of my favorite things to do during games is like and i've gotten a lot of opportunities at this lately covering florida state 
watching some of the stuff, some of the reactions to the teams that are beating Florida State and like how good they feel about themselves. Like at the end of that Louisville game, Scott Satterfield, there's a clip of him on the sideline with his assistant coaches after they run another play for a touchdown that just works because nobody's covering anybody. Nobody's covering him, yeah. And and he and he and his assistant coaches are giggling. Literally, the game's going on and they're just giggling on the sideline like little school children. So then when they got clobbered, like in ensuing weeks, I always think back to that moment. Like, I wonder if they remember that moment. And then yeah. Georgia Tech, or when, when Georgia Tech beat Florida State, they had some dude on their staff. I'm guessing it was a strength coach. He's Excuse like me. doing jumping jacks up and down the sideline that entire game, especially the second half. Every time they make a play, he's just – I mean, as silly as Vic Valoria looked sometimes, and this, guy, this guy was that times 20. I mean, it was crazy. And so I remember thinking, man, that guy, when they start playing real teams and losing, I want to I want to see that guy then. So like now I, I turn on George Tech games just to try to find him it's on hard the sidelines. It's not happening. <laughs> he's not hopping anymore. It's not hopping. You can't find him. I bet he was hopping against Duke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's doing a lot of hops. Against <laughs> NC State, up, he's just in the fetal position in the corner. <laughs> Seminole Headlines on 9790 Spin Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so we're getting to that point. Here you go, guys. Back to the Duke game for a second. As I said, it's Duke hate week. You cannot mess around with this game. You got to go out there and take care of business. You don't give an underdog like Duke hope by letting them hang around early in the game. They might start to think, you know what, Florida State? Florida State hadn't done anything. We might be able to get a win here at the end of the year. We've already packed it in, but these guys don't want to win. These guys, that's what you can't allow for. Uh, it, all jokes aside. You got to jump know, on them early. Always. Can't let the underdog hang around, Corey. You know that. Well, how do you feel? You feel like they need to, you need to establish the run first or hit some plays over the top with your wide receivers? Yeah, I think you're gonna have to establish the run. I, I would, I would, <laughs> I would run a lot of options. Jordan Travis, Lawrence Defeely, and, yes. and see how that goes. Yeah. Well, Miami just kind of ran delayed counters and draws at the beginning of that game, and Duke didn't want any part of it. So All right. All right. just a bunch of guys running up the gut for 50 yards of pop <laughs> is what it looked like to me. So I would go with that strategy and okay. see if they're still as disinterested as they were last week at home against well, Miami. The, the problem is, and to your point, like. Last week at practice, you know, Duke's sitting there going, they put on the film in Miami and they're like, man, this isn't going to be fun. We stink. They're actually pretty good. They're still playing for something. They haven't played in a month. They put they're, that state film on, Ira. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> guys, like they're watching it in about 10 minutes through. It's like, you know, like when, like if, if your significant other wants you to watch a movie that you're not real interested in. Yeah. But then, you know, after a little while, you start kind of getting into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, I think, the, like, I think, like, Cut Club's like, guys, just just give me 10, watch 10 minutes of this. Guys, just I watch 10 minutes of this Louisville game. I'm going to show you a few plays here. Look at that. Ain't nobody on the screen. <laughs> Jeremiah, you're going to be running dead down the middle of the field. Nobody's going to check you. This is a chance to add to your collegiate numbers that you can then brag about as a granddad years from now. That 77 yard touchdown pass. Nobody's going to look up the yep. circumstances of the pandemic. They're you not going to say, hey, that's Florida State. Adam Fuller defense. They're not going to do that. They're going to know you scored a 77 yard touchdown against Florida State. And then Here's the Duke the DC, whoever the Duke DC is, is it still Carl Franks? I forget <laughs> who, the, who the defensive coordinator is at Duke. I haven't looked so at their roster uh, lately. It's Ted Roof. 
it's Ted Ruth. Oh, it is Ted. Is it really Ted no, Ruth? No, oh, no. it might be. It could be. <laughs> Who knows? He, he's going to their. He's going to 90s. those quarterbacks and like, look, man. I know it was rough against Miami. Look at these wide receivers, though. You're, you're going to have a field day. These guys don't get. They don't get any release at all. They don't get any separation at all. You're going to have a chance. You're going to make some plays. Just give me one more week. Just give so, me one more week. So like halfway through the the meeting on Monday, they're all at the now they're all on the edge of their chairs. Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, right. now they're in this sorry action film that they were asked to watch has become riveting. <laughs> like, oh my, this is okay. It's well done. I didn't uh, think I'd like Taken, but it's pretty good. Taken <laughs> was pretty good. You know, it was a good underrated action movie. Was uh, and Steven Seagal didn't make many or any, but I the one where he's on the boat. Siege. Yeah. Yes. He's the cook, good. and Gary Busey's the bad guy, and yes. the girl hops out of the cake. That's a good action movie. Folks, I know a lot of you are younger. Tommy Go Lee watch Jones that. Is in it. Tommy Lee yeah. Jones too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones is, all, is the man. He's, uh, he's in, in a lot, lot of good movies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the, the – you know, when you look at it and, – and, again, this is why I do think Florida State's going to play well. And, and I think that a jo- healthy Jordan Travis, in all seriousness, a healthy Jordan Travis, if Lawrence Tofili is as – has that burst back. Um, you know, the offensive lines is the offensive line, and Duke's got a decent defensive front. Um, but if they get guys in space, I just feel like they're going to put up points. The question, as Corey said earlier, you know, you just you don't have confidence in this defense stopping anybody. This will be the one week. Duke, Duke's biggest problem all year is they just can't stop turning the ball over. They give the ball to the other team like 35 times this year. But wow. this will be the week probably they don't have any turnovers. So what do we think the race is to, guys? 31? 40 38 yeah high 30s to 40 that really does not that doesn't that doesn't say much about that defense (laughs) i'll tell you what i mean if you gotta score 38 points to feel maybe safe against duke god dog guys maybe just saying that out loud is rock bottom (laughs) yeah yeah do you think by the way do you think that occasionally amidst all the problems and the lack of personnel and the issues with COVID and the things that have gone wrong during the course of this season that makes it very, very difficult to evaluate, do you think there's been a point where Norvell just walked into Adam Fuller's office and, like, slapped the glass out of his hand? And then and they just walked out? Son of a bitch. Oh. And then just lost his mind for a second and then had to go back and apologize or anything like that. you think there's been that moment where he just – Breaks down after watching a moment of film. Guys just running free as hell. Nobody around him anywhere, and he just snaps and stomps down the hall and slaps a glass of tea out of his out of his hand. I was going to say it better not be a register's whiskey glass because <laughs> yeah. that it's on at that point. You think he goes into his office and slaps the sausage out of his mouth? <laughs> you don't deserve to eat sausage. People are getting- I don't go to your job and slap the sausage out of your mouth. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder. Yes, I would think after the Louisville game, and, and I, look, we have no we have no way to know what their interactions are behind the scenes. But Norvell does not strike me as a guy that after that Louisville game was very uh, understanding of what that was. Well, he was mad on the dais after the game. Yeah. So when when he had a meeting or a private meeting, maybe it's a bunch of texts. Who knows? They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not pleasant because how could they be? I mean, so I, I do think there's 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 probably been some um, some some pointed pointed remarks at Adam Fuller this season. That would be awesome if like the new generation of coaches just text to each other when they're pissed off. Like I want to see Saban's texts to his staff, like if they have a bad game. Yeah, or Jimbo. Jimbo used to tell me, 
Jimbo told me a couple of stories. I, I, I don't want to get in trouble here. He told I used to ask him to tell me in the early days when when there was bliss between the two of us. And we could have conversations right. without the weight of all the other things that had happened. Before and, he lost uh, before he lost his mind. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, and, back and, then. Yeah, he would regale us. Well, you remember he would do it with the collective media yeah. too, but I would sit there and talk with him on, on Sundays and occasionally he would really open up. We'd have this moment where we could talk about like games in the past, players of the past. So I used it as a chance to ask him about Saban one time. <laughs> he, he talked about, you know, the need to have thick skin, but that Saban was pretty fair, but that he, he would get mad and come to his office and he was always prepared for it. And he told me a story one time where they had scored like 38 points They'd scored like on their first three possessions to really pretty much salt the game away. The game was never uh, in contest. It was never close. And then there was a third down play on third and two or less. And Jimbo called a play action or something like that. It was incomplete and it didn't really matter at all. And Jimbo in his head said he knew that that'd be the only play that was discussed after the game. And that Saban did exactly that walk into his office and like, what the hell? On third and two, they're you know, just screaming at him, and you just had to learn how to ignore that. I would love to see Jimbo in that situation because, you know, all we got to see was him the yelling going the other way. Yeah. Like, it would be interesting to see how he handled that. Yeah, maybe, Bow- maybe Bowden did that, like, in the 08, 07, 08 years. Like, <laughs> what is this, Jimbo? What is it? Like, he, remember the skit with Phil Hartman playing Ronald Reagan? Right. Yes. Back to work. <laughs> like, he's like a, he's a hard ass. Like, if Bowden was doing that to Jimbo those two, those three years. I think Jimbo was uh, yelled at by Bowden only in regards to why have you not yet called the reverse? <laughs> <laughs> because if, yeah. if we don't set up, the, if we don't establish the reverse, then we yeah. can't run the double reverse. You got to know we're going to run this reverse. <laughs> Because that's what I'm going to spring that double reverse on you. Come on, Jimbo. That's the fifth play from scrimmage. Let's go. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So as we start this, the third segment of Seminal Headlines, before we get into the riveting dialogue between the three of us, I thought I would first note that Corey Clark has a grand announcement about some of our favorite business partners, and they're under a new name. Uh, I'm told this is going to be by far and away the best uh, bar and grill in the city of Tallahassee, and mm. I'm ready to hear about it. Let's go, Corey. It's called, uh, Jeff, it's called Horizons Bar and Grill, and it's yep. by our friends Mike and Kyle yep. from Spirit, from Spirit Ooh. fame, Ira. Let's go! From Spirit yeah. fame, they are back, back on board. They're back in Tallahassee almost as importantly. I think it's more important that they're with us, but mm. the second most important thing is they're for everyone. Like, you know what I mean? They're back. Yeah. The food's back. It's 80, It's about 80 to 85% of the menu you had at Spirit. I've been to the location. You and both of you guys have, right? Yep. 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 We scouted it out. It's uh, Bannerman. Uh, is that Crossing. What, Bannerman, Bannerman Crossing. Crossing. People yeah. in Tallahassee just call it Bannerman, but it's Bannerman Crossing. Well, that's why there's a, there's a Bannerman, but then this, is, this little development's called Bannerman Crossing. So that's so, uh, folks get crossing. excited and it's going to, they're going to be with us th- for the duration until Florida state is back on top again. Horizons bar and grill is going to be part of Seminole headlines. We just know it. I just have a feeling in my bones, um, but it start. they opened grand opening Monday, this coming Monday, December 14th. And huge, uh, man. I'm really pumped. I, I'll go there on opening day. I'll be there. I'm that guy. I'm rolling in. The problem is in Tallahassee, everything that opens 
Oh, it's like the slim. newest, greatest thing of all time. There are people down the street. I'm but like, we know on. what we're getting here. Yeah. I'm, can we do location? Corey? Corey, can you uh, put a call in, given that who we are who we are? Right. Can we be part of that little soft opening before the rest of the public gets there? You want to be a part of that soft opening, do you? Yeah, I do. I want to be part. Of, <laughs> I do, Corey. Keep uh, talking. I, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sure we can. Man, we could. We could. Run, we could be in the kitchen if we want. We can do whatever we want at okay. Horizons Bar and Grill. Um, but it's yeah, like I said, it opens on Monday. I've been there. You've been there. It's where. Um, what was that place called that never opened? Dick's, Dick's Wings, whatever. Oh my it was. gosh, it was coming soon for three years, <laughs> and then it came and went in nine minutes. This yeah. is, but uh, it's it's that location, and just like um, what Spirit had to get over some things about maybe this, what the establishment was before it got there. Same thing here. Horizons Bar and Grill is so much better than what it was beforehand. It's got outdoor area, which is awesome. Twenty TVs. We know the food is good. The management's cool. I don't know what else I can say, folks. The get only excited. The only thing people really want to know, Corey, do they have the mac and cheese bites? Buddy, you know they have the mac and cheese. That's, that's, it's a wrap. Let's go. That's it. We're Cold in. Cold beer. All right. Cold We're beer in. and mac and cheese bites. Horizons Bar and Grill. Iowa will be back to getting uh, the well, – you're going to get the bowls? you going to get the bowls? They're, they changed the bowls a little bit. We're going to have to have a talk. Kyle and Kyle, Mike and I have to have a little talk. Checked out the menu. The menu just dropped. You can see it at their Facebook page. They've got like design bowls now. They don't have like the build your own bowl, at least that I can tell. But again, I think the three of us. I was you know, going to say, you are who you are, Ira. You can tell them I want the Ira Bowl. We'll make it happen. Yeah. I bet say, oh, the Ira Bowl. We got that. We got yeah. that. Yeah. Just All like right. back in college Is, when yeah. you asked people for the Ira Bowl. <laughs> that was usually, usually homegrown. Yeah. Ooh, going over to Iris party. Got the Iris bowl out. All right. Good times. Oh boy. So, okay. Uh, I don't want to overstate the importance of uh, Duke week, but uh, in the, I know I'm inclined to talk about that, but there is a basketball game tomorrow guys. uh, And, and that is against Indiana. And I'm worried about it. I do like that. They changed the time. That's really nice. We're not going to have to be there watching basketball till midnight. Uh, I, w- I don't know that I'd make it, but moreover, I have a golf show to do Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. I wasn't going to get to see any of that basketball game. Now I'm going to get to see the vast majority of it. But I don't like that Indiana – I was talking about this with Ira yesterday, Corey. I don't like that Indiana has played five games and Florida State's played one game. And traditionally, Ham likes to tinker and experiment with his roster and his lineups and put them in different situations, and it takes some time before he really figures out what he's got. I'm a little worried about how we're going to look tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't expect it to be a, a, a runaway victory. I mean, Florida State's never, like, dominant. You, you know, we think about last year and how good they were, but then you go back to, like, think about that Purdue game they played where they, I think they hit 1-3 and it was just ugly slop. Uh, I think they won in overtime, but they they shot 33%. And they just – same thing with Tennessee. Like, yeah. good – decent teams, not great teams, but decent teams, the first couple that they played – and even the Florida game, the Pitt game, was an odds. They, they didn't play great offensively in any of those. And so, yeah, I expect it to be a sloppy game. They, they might win. They might lose. It's, it, you, you hope they win, obviously. It'd be, it'd be nice. But um, I'm more than anything, I want to see – I think we'll get a better understanding of what he really thinks his rotation might be. You know, is Calhoun uh, – is he only going to take four shots in real games? Or is he? Or 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 when we get when we get moving into this season, is he going to be a guy you really count on coming off the bench to score double figures for you? 
Yeah, I think that there there are that's one of the many interesting things. I think the thing with Cal, Calhoun is, I mean, he's definitely a guy that's electric. He can score. He, he's a he's going to be a very good on ball defender. I don't know if he exactly knows what all they're supposed to be doing defensively overall, and that's going to be a challenge with, with some of those the young post players as well. They look a little bit lost defensively at times. So, um, you know, so those are going to be things to see. And then how does Leonard balance that? But I was surprised when we talked to him yesterday that he actually mentioned going with a shorter rotation like uh that's not something we see from him in december um but i do think it speaks to how little time they've had to develop these young guys because of the crazy off season and then having no exhibition games and and here we are in game two but then also i think it's uh you know it, it, he wants to win these games i mean i think he really wants to beat indiana indiana was one of the five teams they lost five games last year they only lost one game by more than five points last season and it was to indiana they end up that game got away from them late, um, but it's a, it should be a good game. I mean, I really think Indiana is good. That forward they've got is big time. Um, it's it's going to be a it should be a lot. It'll be like an ACC like top tier kind of not top tier ACC team, but but a good ACC team that kind of competition. I wanted to say environment, but obviously with twenty five hundred people there at most, it's not going to be a great environment. Yeah, that kick gets to the rim, gets to the foul line a lot. It'll be interesting to see how they defend him. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to watch that for that reason because you've got options if you're Florida State. And I'm curious to see which ones he chooses. I, I uh, Listen, I have no worry that no matter how good or bad they look in this game that it's going to be problematic down the line. No, I think that they're talented enough that we know once we get into conference play and further into the season, Florida State, it's going to be a good product. I just don't know how soon they can get there, and that's my worry here because it is just game two. And again, experience right now and reps matter an awful lot. You didn't get the exhibition games. You didn't get all that stuff uh, that you normally have. So I worry about it a little bit. Um, you want to be in some games, in some close games. You want to be in those contentious moments against quality competition. Um you know, oh, oh, before you play a game like this, and you just haven't, you haven't had that. You only played one game. Well, and the so other thing, this, for, go ahead, Corey. Is no, you go ahead, Ira. I want you to talk. Uh, I was gonna say, it's me too. Uh, the thing I was gonna say about Scotty Barnes is, like, he really wasn't challenged at either end of the floor by North Florida. No, you know, you know, they were not going to come out and try to guard him the way I would assume Indiana will on the perimeter. And then when he went in, also when he went inside, I mean, he scored a couple of buckets where he just basically went to the rim and said, you know, you can't stop me. You're North Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is he going to be able to do that against Indiana? Um, if Probably not. So you might get to see him do a little bit more off the dribble. Um, and then, you know, defensively also, um, you know, I think that's, that's what Leonard Hamilton, I think, is going to focus the most on. I mean, I think he knows that MJ Walker can score. Um, they've got guys who can – Raquan Gray. They've got guys who can put the ball in the basket. I really think he's – his biggest concern, I think, is going to be how they defend in this game, as is probably usually the case for him. Hey, Corey, Indiana's 220th in tempo. They play a different style than Florida State does. They play really slow. They don't take a lot of three-point shots at all. The Davis kid is the stud we're referencing. Uh, how do you see – I mean, obviously, it's a fun game to see if Leonard Hamilton tries to speed him up. Well, he'll definitely try to speed him up. It's just a matter of if they'll take the bait. I mean, they're going to guard him 94 feet, and they're going to throw guys at him uh, the whole time on the perimeter. Um, yeah, you know, I was just I was going to go back to you and just ask, like, I know you, you said you're a little worried about this game, but I, I don't know, man. I'm just excited that, I mean, I don't want to jinx it. I'll knock on some wood, but we're going to get to see another basketball game. And hopefully, 
Like I'm just gonna. I really am. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna. I do want to like just try to appreciate. Yeah. How many yeah. ever games we get to see at a high level of competition right now? Florida State has played only one game. That's that's the least of any ACC team. I think all the other ones except maybe Clemson have played like high level teams. So we get to see Florida State play a real game against a real team, and it's been since the Pitt game last early March since we've gotten to see this. So I'm just excited to see that. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to see Scotty Barnes play this year and Sardar Calhoun, so I'm, I'm kind of excited just to see that. Oh, I, no, listen, don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely agree, and I love the product every year, and I love college basketball, so anything we get to see is appreciated. I'm going to hold on to it. I just I love Florida State basketball so much, I hate to see him stumble because they just haven't had enough reps uh, yeah. If you will, you know, I, I they they lost that Indiana game a year ago, and part of that had to do with schedule as well. Remember, they were on short rest, yeah. and uh, and went up there, and they looked tired late in that game. So uh, that pissed me off because I knew and, Indiana wasn't as good as Florida State. And Indiana had a kid that just had a a different world night. I mean, like yeah. one kid shot just unbelievably uh, in that game. They kind of, and then their crowd got into it. It was a great crowd. Florida State was ranked high, so they were fired up for it. Um, so there was a lot of things that really were playing in Indiana's favor in that game this year, those things won't probably won't be in their favor and they're getting the, you know, the games in Tallahassee. So um, I expect Florida state to play. So I think Florida state's going to win the game, but you know, as Corey said, I mean, I think it's probably gonna be a slog. Um, you're probably going to see some really neat moments and some probably like, we'll be scratching our head. Like how, what, what just happened there? Why did they not guard that guy uh, two straight trips down the court? Corey, to your point about appreciation, I think this is the byproduct of that. I really do thoroughly enjoy Florida State basketball because of the way they play, the caliber of athletes and players that they now bring in, how well coached they are, and we have legitimate expectations. Yeah. Like that, that's something we should appreciate too, that we're at a place now where if you're a Florida State basketball fan – you expect to win games like this. You expect that Florida State's going to most of the time win. It we're not too far removed where that certainly was not the expectation night in and night out against any name team. And now it is. Now you've got something to lose. So maybe that's why I'm kind of wringing my hands a little bit. You got a little something to lose. Well, I think they're like I know this isn't an ACC game, but I think they're like 24 and 4 in their last 28 ACC games. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe twenty four and five. I mean, it's just remarkable what what they've what they've done. Now this is a different team, but yeah, it's just. And then they got what the number two signing class in the country coming in next year. Mm-hmm. Is that they right, also, Ira? Yeah, they also don't some people. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. They some people say number one. Some people say number two. Is your to your point, Jeff? Which I keep speaking over. Yeah, they don't lose at home. Um, and yeah, I think in of those five losses last year, only one was by more than five points. And I think were the other four all on the road. Or no, they lost the. Did they lose one at home? No, no they they don't, they don't, yeah. No, no, yeah, right. So they were. So the, all four were on the road, and all four were by five points or less. I mean, that's that's kind well, of crazy. You had your you had your, uh, your uh, obligatory loss to Pitt, which uh, yeah, the, the the ref certainly helped. Always Pitt, Pitt, Pitt shot sixty four free throws. I think you go up there to the cafeteria and you play in that dump, and they always put Pitt on the line. 55 times as if they're tr- they're they're willing Pitt to get back to some meaningful basketball games. Yeah, Every year blood. when that game's played, the announcers are like, "Oh, look what they've got going here at Pitt." I'm like, "They got nothing going at Pitt. They 
Stop yeah. saying that. Yeah, it happens all the time. They try, they give them a game to try to kickstart them. It never works. Juwan Blair's not walking through that door. <laughs> yeah, whoever that guard was, that nice, chubby guard. Nice, nice reference. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up the hour momentarily. Hang tight. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour, we'll get the headliner questions uh, momentarily. So tomorrow night, basketball game. Real quick, let's touch on it before we get to headliner questions. Uh, I know that yesterday was a good day, bad day for FSU when it comes to recruiting. Uh, go read about it on warchant.com. I'm sure Michael Langston has had something to say about this. Uh, thoughts on yesterday for Florida State and recruiting guys? Well, they, you know, obviously the good news, they got a Patrick Payton, a defensive and yep. linebacker type from uh, Miami Northwestern committed. So that was really nice. And uh, as things happen to go for Florida State football these days, you have one good thing and you can't have good things for too long. No. You, you, you got to get slapped in the face right afterwards. And uh, Malik McLean, a, a really nice wide receiver, a tall kid out of IMG Academy. He's originally from Alabama, I believe, but he's been playing at IMG. Uh, he decommitted. And uh, so that's uh, not, you know, not great news. So Florida State's back to, I think they have 16 commitments. Um, and, uh, you know, we still think they're going to be heavy in the transfer portal. So I don't know how, you know, they're, they're, there's like three or four or five maybe high school kids that they're still really involved with that they might get. Um, but I really still think they're going to be heavy in the transfer portal. And you can only re- bring in so many guys. So Do we know what the limit is for a transfer portal? Like how many guys so, they can bring in? Yeah, so it's it's 25 all. It, what it They changed it a couple years ago. The transfer – the whole – how many players you can bring in in a given year has always been confusing. But it's – about two years ago they changed some of the rules to kind of close loopholes because what was happening was coaches were signing – a bunch of kids and, and counting them towards last year and next year and gray shirting and blue shirting them. And, and they've done a lot to, uh, to limit that. So now really it's, you can just about bring in 25 guys unless you had, you you signed less than 25 last year. Yeah. Then, then you, you can bring in over numbers that go. Yes. Yeah. You can bring in some, a couple extras, but I think they signed the 25 they could bring in last year. So I think they're going to be able to sign 25 and that includes transfers. There's a lot of people that think grad transfer, grad transfers don't count. They do count because it's really it's about uh, I forgot the way the phrasing of it, it's, but but it's the, the new players that are new to your program on scholarship. You can only have twenty five in a year, so they're not going to be able to sign like ten transfers and twenty five recruits. So there's no way then that they're going to get to eighty five scholarships next year. No, I don't think so. No, because I mean I bet right now they probably have they're going to have like fifty one kids maybe. Well, that are scholarship no. players may or fifty five. No, they still have a seventy-ish. There's, but there's like fifteen guys that you haven't seen all year because they just haven't played. Like they signed those two tight ends last year. Yeah, yeah. freshmen that never played. Um, there's an offensive lineman, uh, the kid out of Madison County who got injured, never played. So there's like fifteen guys that we've never seen, but are still on scholarship. The question is going to be how many guys leave after the season. I mean, when Hampson Nashville Dean's already taken his um, senior bowl, he's accepted a senior bowl invitation, so he's not coming back. We That's don't a know pretty good about indication he's not coming back, right? If he takes the senior <laughs> yeah, bowl in correct. <laughs> okay. But there are other guys we don't know. Um, yeah. you know, is Leonard Warner coming back for a, for another year? Is uh is Janaris Robinson coming back for another year? I mean, the, some of those seniors could. We don't know. And then there's still a couple other underclassmen that we think might be still maybe holdouts for the purge. You know, I mean a couple a couple more guys that missed the initial boat out of yeah, Tallahassee. Yeah. 
on nudge, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> nudge Don's at the 915 boat. Is there a way to sign guys and not tell anybody? Can oh. you secretly sign 10 guys and just yes. change their names or something and just not tell anybody? Like they're just general pop students, and then you just maybe we're going to put them in uniform on game day. You got to find more creative ways, is what I'm getting at, guys. The rules do not apply to this program right now. They cannot well, apply to this program right now. I brought yeah, it up on War Chant. Like, you know, in the era of wearing masks all the time, Christian Ponder could come back and play a year next year as a masked quarterback and just whatever his name, call him some Christian. Uh, no. What's his wife's name? Samantha Ponder. What was her name before? <laughs> what was her name before that? Was it was it Steel or something? I can't. Uh, Samantha Steel. No. I think they would. I think they would figure that out. You think so? Uh, if, if if he used her name, uh, maybe he could like go out with a different name. But but no, I like it, man. Like uh, Dusty Rhodes coming back with a mask on, like oh, a Midnight yeah. Rider. And we all knew we knew Danny Tyson. Yeah, from, who else could from, it be? He's from parts unknown. We don't know where he's from. It could be from anywhere. <laughs> coming out there, he's dropping the atomic elbow. You're like, that looks like Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> nope, nope, don't know who that is. Is Ponder's play so recognizable, even a decade later, that people will be like, man, that looks a lot like Christian Ponder, and he will never take his mask off. They and keep saying his name is Johnny Smith. So there's a good chance we yeah. get out. He'd get hit in the pocket. We go, there's a fumble. That has to be Christian Ponder. What is going <laughs> or, on or if 32 years had, old. Or if he's still got that big lump on his elbow. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's time. true, too. Be that good for depth. sack was sizable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, it was, if it was this era, his bursa sack would have its own Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's go answer some questions. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next.